Bibles to the letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll go ahead and read from verse 17 to the end of the chapter. Ephesians chapter 4, and beginning with verse 17. Ephesus is This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus." that ye put off concerning the former manner of life the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that that he may have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, by whom ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. Verse 30. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Do not make the Holy Spirit sad. La tuhzinu al-ruh, ruh al-qudus. Notice that the Bible does not say, do not make the Holy Spirit angry. The Bible says, do not sadden the Holy Spirit. Do not make the Holy Spirit sad. What's the difference between someone being angry with me and someone being sad because of me and because of my behavior? The one who is saddened is more likely one who loves me. When someone loves me, they are saddened. Uh, They are grieved. The one who's not that close to me, more likely would be angered at my wrong uh, behavior, would be angered when I hurt them in some way or hurt their interests in uh, some uh, way. Uh, 
the one who is grieved is often close to me and is sad not because I've hurt them or their interests as much as because I've hurt myself and my own interests which they care for, uh, which they uh, care for. Uh, look at Matthew 23, where the Lord Jesus condemned in very strong terms, very strong terms, uh, the uh, legalistic, superficial, external behavior of the scribes, the Pharisees, of the religious leaders of uh, his uh, time, uh, of uh, uh, his time. At the end of the chapter, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Matthew 23 and verse 37, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them who are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Do not anger the Holy Spirit. No, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Another thing that comes to mind, sometimes anger can lead to anger on the part of uh, the uh, other. Uh, if someone is angry with me, I can be angry with uh, them. I'm not saying that that's the right response. I'm not saying that's the right response. I'm saying that that can often happen. And grief can have a different result. ممكن الحزن إنه يكون عنده تأثير تأثير آخر. When I went to church in Houston, the pastor's wife. Uh, Mrs. Butts was not just the wife of the pastor, she was also the daughter, actually the only child of another pastor. So her father was a pastor. And uh, then, uh, of course, as she grew up, she uh, married uh, a, a pastor. And she told us an interesting thing about what her father used to do with her in bringing her up. Here and there, there was probably discipline in the form of a spanking or two as uh, needed. But he did something else with her. Uh, he told her, he told her that when you do wrong, you make me sad. You make me sad. And this, she told us, she told us, it had a powerful influence on her. And she did not want to do things that were wrong because she did not want her father to be sad. She didn't want him to be saddened by her uh, behavior. Now, the Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of your father, sent by the father, a spirit of truth who proceeds uh, from the father to be our comforter, to be our comforter.
the spirit, the Bible tells us, uh, is the spirit of adoption, Ruh al-Tabanni. And by that spirit we cry, Abba, Father, Ruh Nasruh wa Naqul, Ya Abba al-Ab. So in some sense, uh, our perception, uh, uh, our sense of the fatherhood of God comes from the dwelling of the Spirit in our uh, hearts. Uh, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6, He has sent the Spirit of His Son into your hearts because you are sons. He has sent the Spirit of His Son into your hearts crying, Abba, uh, Father. So let us note, as we think of this statement, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Let us note the love of the Holy Spirit for the believer. Why can he be grieved? Why can he be saddened? لِمَاذَا يُحْزَنْ لِأَنَّهُ يُحِبُّ Because uh, he loves. Now, let me mention something very quickly uh, over here. Uh, between parentheses. Um, there are people here and there who have wrong ideas about the Holy Spirit. Different wrong ideas. I want to mention just one wrong idea right now. There are people who speak of the Holy Spirit as if he is not a person, as if he is a force, as if he uh, is a principle, uh, as if the Holy Spirit is like what? water running through turbines in a dam generating electricity, or electrons running through a wire, uh, again uh, leading to uh, electrical power of some form or the other. The Holy Spirit is not uh, the force of the wind that turns windmills or something like that. The Holy Spirit is a person referred to in the Bible by the use of personal pronouns the Bible says that the Spirit searches. The Bible says that the Spirit knows. The Bible says that the Spirit has a will. The Bible says that the Spirit can be provoked or tempted. Uh, 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 the Bible says that the Spirit speaks. The Spirit teaches. The Spirit commands. The Spirit intercedes, yashfa'a ar-ruh, and the Spirit loves, uh, and uh, the Spirit loves. Uh, look at Romans 15 and verse uh, 30, Rumi ashaa 15 wa al-adad 13. The Bible says, uh, I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit. Water that turns turbines in dams. Uh, the water doesn't love uh, the electrons in the wire don't love the wind that turns the windmill there is no love in that I beseech you for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake for the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me uh, look also at Philippians 2.1 if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, shariki ma ruh ruh. Excuse me. If any bowels, mercies, if any tender mercies and compassions. 
the Holy Spirit loves the believer. The Bible says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Before the mountains were raised, before the seas were filled, before the world was, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Uh, the Father has loved us eternally. The love of the Son is eternal as well, and the love of the Spirit uh, likewise. The Father chose the Son, came to die, and the Spirit draws us to himself. Uh, to himself. The Bible says concerning uh, Samson that the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. Uh, at times. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit filled John the Baptist even from his mother's womb. This is what the angel said specifically to Zacharias. He shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb, which was the case when Mary came, being herself pregnant with the Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, in the womb of his mother Elizabeth, somehow recognized, somehow knew that Christ uh, was uh, there. And so we see that there is a love of the Spirit and that there is a work of uh, the Spirit moving, guiding, imparting understanding showing us that which is right and showing us also that which is wrong. Convicting of sin. Telling us that we need to repent and seek forgiveness. There is also a ministry, a work of restraining uh, notice in particular Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven Thessalonians Saba. The mystery of iniquity does already work, only he who hinders will continue to hinder until he is taken out of the way. We understand that to be a reference to the Holy Spirit restraining sin not letting it have all of its way and all the negative consequences that it could have. Now someone might say, yes, that is a restraining of sin on the level of societies and on the level of countries and on the level uh, of, of cities, but sin cannot be restrained on the level of a country or society or city unless it is also restrained to some extent in individuals, in uh, individuals. Before we were saved, the Spirit had a ministry towards us in keeping us, in, to some extent, from that which was wrong, lest we be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Al-Qamadas bi'ul inno al-insan yataqassa bi al-khatiyya, lanu al-khatiyya khadda'a. 
and therefore to keep us from falling into sin and in the de- into the deceitfulness of sin is something that we can ascribe as well to the Holy uh, uh, Spirit. And uh, even though we might have heard the message once, twice, perhaps many times, and did not accept it, at one point, eyes were opened, and hearts uh, were opened. Deaf ears started uh, to hear. Except a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. The wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell from where it comes and where it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit and his ministry towards the believer. His ministry in drawing the believer, preserving the believer even before he is drawn to the Lord, preserving him from the deceitfulness of sin. His ministry after the believer comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ, His ministry, his indwelling. How many times have I been weak? How many times have I been disobedient? How many times have I been sinful? How many times have I been slow to understand and acknowledge that which is true? How many times have I failed to grow as I should have grown? Through all these things, the Holy Spirit continues to be patient with the believer, continues to uh, teach, uh, uh, to teach. Um, Sometimes when a person is teaching, the student should be doing their part, but they're not. But uh, they're not. Sometimes you can have students who are not that dedicated and not that serious, not that diligent or hard-working. And someone can say, I've had it with such students. That's it. Enough. But the Holy Spirit teaches us again and again and again Uh, with uh, patience uh, at our failings, a teacher of babes, a teacher of fools. If I say these things, I put myself at the head of any uh, list. The Holy Spirit showing love continually to God's uh, children, comforting us in times of uh, difficulties, Uh, the comforter, Uh, uh, The Gospel of John in particular uh, mentions the Holy Spirit in that uh, manner. Uh, Comforting others, encouraging others is not always uh, an easy thing uh, to do. I've heard people say, more than one person, uh, I I can't deal with other people's problems. (laughs) I, I just don't have the patience for it. I, I don't, don't, please don't put me in a place where other people are going to come and tell me 
about their difficulties and their trials and their hardships. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to handle it uh, uh, well. And of course, here and there, you'll always find uh, some people who uh, are interested in playing a role, as long as that role means that the spotlight shines on them. Uh, uh, on them. Uh, I remember uh, Pastor Mamdour uh, in Alexandria telling me once he was in a taxi and he witnessed to someone uh, the taxi driver, and um, there was apparently a positive response. Sometimes these responses can be not very convincing. Anyway, a person keeps on speaking in the hope that there will be an impact, if not then later. And uh, Brother Abdur told me uh, that, uh, you know, by the time they got close to the destination where the taxi driver was taking him, the taxi driver who had you know, apparently maybe just heard the message just right then and didn't know it before. It indicated the desire to be a pastor and to, <laughs> and to be standing on a platform in front of people, uh, in, in front of uh, people. Now, there are various ministries and there are various people uh, to play uh, these uh, ministries. Uh, sometimes there is a desire on the part of people to be visible. Do this kind of thing that is not so apparent, is not so seen, is not so obvious, will not receive a lot of credit. No, I don't want to do it. No, uh, I don't want uh, uh, to do it. Uh, and yet, the task in question could be very, very valuable, could be very uh, uh, important, uh, could be very important. Look at Romans 8 and verses 26 and 27. Rumi is hatmani wa al-adid 26 wa 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmity. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit helps our infirmities. Uh, helps our infirmities. I see someone lame someone who's having trouble walking, and I say, I can get him a crutch. How about walking by his side and having him lean on you? How about being the crutch yourself? You know, there are some things that are not very glamorous, some things that are not very bright and shiny and uh, do not necessarily appeal uh, uh, to us. The Spirit helps us to pray. How much need, how much help do we need uh, in the area of, uh, of prayer? Do I pray as I ought uh, to pray? Uh, the Bible says that the Spirit helps our infirmities. Not by might, 
not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The spirit loves the believer. The spirit indwells the believer. The spirit ministers to the believer in ways that show this love. The spirit is God. His place is upon the throne of heaven, clothed with glory and majesty, surrounded by praise and singing. But we could say the Spirit also accepts to dwell in my heart, where he should receive glory, where he should receive worship, where he should receive honor and respect, but often does not. <laughs> but often does not, at least in the measure that is uh, right. Uh, that is right. He dwells in hearts that are sinful, hearts that are weak, hearts that oftentimes are wicked. It is not a mansion of righteousness that he lives in when he dwells in my heart. It is perhaps more like a den of iniquity, uh, as uh, they say in Arabic, praises and prayers. This is what he should hear. Instead, he hears moaning, groaning, complaining. He is a spirit of holiness, and yet dwelling in our hearts in a particular way, he sees our wicked thoughts, ways, and unbelief, the Bible says, that God's eyes are purer than to look upon sin. And yet, God's Spirit remains in my heart, in the heart of the believer, because of his love. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, uh, forever. We speak of the Father, we speak of the Son, we speak of the Spirit as well. It is not our goal to exalt one to the detriment of the other, as if only one exists and the others uh, are practically uh, absent. Somehow we do focus on the Father and the Son, and the Spirit can somehow be, in certain ways, neglected. The Spirit is God. The Spirit loves the believer. The Spirit dwells in the heart of the believer. And the Spirit is the one by whom, our verse says, Ephesians 4 and verse 30, the one by whom you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is the seal. Ephesians chapter 1, a similar statement, verses 13 and 14, in whom ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed 
with that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise, unto the praise of his uh, glory. The earnest, that's an old word that means down payment, down uh, payment. Yes, he will abide for us, uh, he will abide with us forever. And being part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, if somehow the Father and Son were to abandon the believer, then they would need to abandon the Holy Spirit who dwells in the heart of the believer. This cannot be. It will not be. Uh, uh, we will not be separated from uh, the love uh, of, uh, of God. The guarantee, the down uh, payment, uh, the presence of the Spirit in the heart of the believer is, uh, uh, is a very special assurance. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 and verse 16 that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. First John chapter 4 and verse 13. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. A seal speaks of ownership. It also shows that something is genuine, that it's real, that it is not uh, fake the Holy Spirit, uh, in our hearts and in our lives, that shows the genuineness of our truth. It is uh, uh, the genuineness of our faith and the fact that we belong to God. This is made clear to us and to others as well by the presence of the Spirit in the heart of the believer. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd sometimes places a mark upon sheep. And the sheep are known to be his by this mark, which distinguishes them from uh, others. Uh, from uh, uh, others, uh, we put a seal on things of importance, things that are valuable, and it is a way of doing what of preserving these things, of making sure that they remain uh, with us. And uh, the seal of the Spirit also speaks of preservation. The Bible says, Unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Al-Qadr an yahfadakum ghair hatirin. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy when yahdurakum amam majdihi bilaib bifarah. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. We are dear to the Lord. He loves us. Remember, I was telling you about uh, Mrs. Butts and about her father, uh, Pastor Hodges, and about the fact that he told her, when you do wrong, you make me sad. Now, why did that make a difference to her? Because she loved her father. And the more she loved her father, the more it would make a difference to her. 
what we need to do is we need to love more the Lord more. We need to love the Holy Spirit for all that he does for us. And we need to say to ourselves, I do not want to. I do not want to grieve uh, the Spirit. Uh, let's speak more about this subject of grieving. Whenever we do that which is wrong, whenever sin enters our hearts, whenever we allow sin a, a, a place, uh, look at what uh, preceded uh, uh, in the passage. Uh, it says that you shouldn't walk as other people walk uh, uh, with their understanding darkened because God has given us uh, light. You shouldn't walk as other uh, people walk who are past feeling. They are, they are hardened. Uh, uh, they give themselves over wholly to do that which is wrong. This is not what you have uh, been taught. You shouldn't walk according to the old man, the old sinful nature, but rather according to something new the new nature which you have been given. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new man. Put away lying. Uh, uh, put away uh, uh, lying. Uh, sometimes we think, especially these days as we watch the news, uh, we think of people in positions of authority and responsibility and we think of various things that they say and you find yourself saying, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> That's another lie. <laughs> uh, um, um, I remember once, a long time ago, in a police program, in a police uh, uh, program, uh, there was a certain person who had a role, perhaps, in a crime. I think it might have been a murder that was committed. And... Uh, and they were looking for him because he was in hiding. And then they found him and brought him to the police station. Uh, and one of the detectives there uh, started to question him in one of those interrogation rooms. And another person who was working on the case, he, he was coming. He was coming. So he came and uh, the policeman who had already was speaking to the man came out of the room and uh, and he told him, yes, we caught him an hour ago. He's been here an hour, and I've been asking him questions. And so the detective told him, you've been asking him questions? What has he said? And so the man told him, well, he gave me his name correctly. Everything since he, he said since then has been a lie. Aatani ismo al-sahih. Bas min we live in a country, unfortunately, where small and great, we shouldn't look at the people above and not look at the people below. Uh, how many times in this country, other countries, other places, various ways and circles work or family or whatever, how many times? Put, put away lying. Lying grieves the spirit. Speak the truth to each other. Put away anger. Anger grieves the spirit. Uh, don't give place to the devil because your heart and your life is supposed to be the place of the Holy Spirit, not the place of the, the wicked one. Let him who stole steal no more. Rather, let him work with his hands 
No corrupt communication out of your mouth, rather that which is edifying. In all these things, there is what? There is something that is bad and there is something that replaces it that is good. No corrupt communication, there is a replacement, which is what? Which is speech that is edifying and is useful and gracious and kind as far as the hearers are concerned. Do not grieve the Holy uh, uh, Spirit. Uh, do not grieve uh, the uh, Holy Spirit. Um, I've mentioned a story that I read about uh, uh, that I read about some time ago. I've always found it a rather interesting uh, story. Uh, this is before the beginning of World War II. Of course, in that time, eventually, Mussolini, the leader of Italy, and Hitler, the leader of Germany, eventually they became good friends and allies. And their alliance continued through uh, most of uh, the war, all of the war, I think, until, of course, what happened was this person died and that person died. Early on in their relationship, apparently early on there was some time, some time, where Mussolini was upset with Hitler. Mussolini, لسبب من الأسباب ببداية علاقتهم Mussolini كان زعلان متضايق من 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 Hitler. And so, what did he do? He invited Hitler to visit Italy. And he had Hitler standing there, and of course he was uh, probably standing next to him. And Mussolini had already arranged for what? You know how they have a parade of soldiers walk in front of the visiting foreign leader. All right, and it is in some sense uh, meant to honor this person who's coming from abroad. So Mussolini arranged that these soldiers who would walk in front of Hitler, uh, that they were all dressed in rags, in clothes that were torn and worn out and that had holes in them. Because what did he want to, want, uh, to do? What he wanted uh, to do uh, was to dishonor Hitler. Because at that point he was somehow not happy with him. فبدل ما يكونوا لابسين بدلات حلوة ومرتبة القديم والمسخوت والتياب المشرطحة أصدا لبسون مصليني لجنوده هيك تياب ومشيهم قدام هتلر ليعمل شو لها إيدي ويزعجوا ويحقروا uh, to uh, to uh, express uh, dishonor towards uh, towards him. Now, I'm speaking of two people who, of course, in their uh, various ways, were terrible, terrible, awful, awful people. And I don't mean in telling this story to in any way uh, say that one or the other of them uh, was an uh, was an example. Don't don't get me wrong. But but. 
What happens when you invite someone to your house? Don't you say to yourself, oh, I want to fix things up? A little bit of clutter uh, that you usually uh, uh, tolerate and, and accept. And you say to yourself, I've got to make sure that that's fixed. And I've got to make sure that that's clean. Uh, when am I going to do things? Then you say someone's come, oh, I have to fix that. Oh, I have to clean that. Why? Because it's not nice and kind to honor, uh, to, to invite someone to your house and then to behave in such a way that you are doing what? That you're kind of dishonoring them. It's not nice what Mussolini did. Uh, uh, what uh, 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 Mussolini uh, did. Uh, would you invite someone into your house and before they come, make it dirty on purpose? <laughs> It would be very strange to do that. I know the story I told, and I believe it's a real story. Someone did something like that, and at a level of leaders of countries. But it's still a strange story, and it's a strange thing to say, oh, I'm inviting someone to my house, so let me make sure that there's more dust than usual, that there's more dirt than usual, that there's more clutter than usual, because this person is, uh, is coming. Let's throw in some cockroaches. Let's make sure that we have some rats. Uh, let's, uh, uh, do we invite the Spirit of God into our heart? And then accept also that sin is there and somehow be happy with it or content with it or at peace with it when we know that sin grieves the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in our hearts, invited in, shouldn't it be a clean place? Shouldn't it be a holy place? Isn't this the right kind of uh, thing? Uh, remember the symbol of the Spirit uh, 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 in terms of the Spirit coming upon the Lord Jesus Christ was what? was a dove. Remember the dove in the time of Noah? Remember how Noah, with the waters abating, wanted to know how dry the land was? So what did he do? He turned on his cell phone and put it on the satellite mode. And <laughs> No. All right. So what did he do? He sent out some birds. All right. There was the sending out of the crow, Lhurab. Now, the crow is what kind of bird? The crow is the kind of bird who will... I'm told, I'm told, I don't know anything about birds myself. But the crow is the kind of bird who will kind of eat anything. Uh, uh, it will kind of eat anything. And the, uh, and the time uh, uh, came when the crow was released and it didn't come back. It didn't come back because there was enough for it to eat of one kind or the other. The question was not really whether the crow could make it, although he did release the crow. The question was whether the dove would make it, because the dove is what? Compared to the crow, the dove is pure, and it's not going to subsist on any dirty thing that it finds but rather is going to look for something 
better than, uh, uh, than uh, that. Having invited the Spirit into our hearts, do we neglect to do that which is pleasing to the Spirit, pleasing uh, to God? Do we have God's Word before us, in our minds, in our hearts? Do we uh, pray, uh, oh no, I'm too busy for this or, uh, or that. Well, somehow I have time for uh, the things that I want to do. But no time for the Spirit who dwells in our hearts. Grieved by our unbelief, doubts, uh, and, uh, uh, and fears. The Bible says that uh, our faith should be growing, that our faith uh, should be uh, stronger. And so the Spirit does not do much in our hearts, and then we feel that we are empty and dissatisfied. Doesn't leave. The Bible says, He will abide with you forever. But it is for our benefit to the Spirit to be there, not grieved and sitting in the corner, but pleased and sitting on the throne. This is for our benefit. And, of course, for the Lord's uh, glory. Don't grieve the Holy uh, Spirit. Uh, rather do that uh, which is pleasing unto him. Serve him, obey him, hear his voice, honor him, worship him, let him control, let him uh, fill. Cast out rather that which is not pleasing unto him. Get rid of it. Set it aside. Let it go away and never uh, come back. And never come back. Do not grieve, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed unto the day of redemption. In my life, in what I say, in what I do, can I say that I am pleasing the Spirit who dwells in my heart? Or is it closer to the truth to say that I am grieving the Spirit who dwells in my heart. What are things really like? Are they different from how they should be? And if they are, can't we do better? Can't I do better? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. For your Spirit sent into our hearts, the Comforter, the one who will abide with us forever. The one who convicts of sin and restrains sin. The one who had a ministry towards us even before we came to know you as our Savior. Keeping us from being hardened. The one who guides and directs, who comforts who gives us understanding, illumination. We pray that you would help us 
so that we would not grieve the Spirit, so that we would not live in a way where we please ourselves and bring sadness unto you. Help us to know that he is the seal, he is the assurance, he is the strength of our hearts. We pray that you would help us so that we would walk in a way which pleases you, which honors and glorifies you, a way in which we hear your voice and follow your guidance. In this kind of life, we would be honoring you. In this kind of life, we would be a blessing to others. In this kind of life, there is joy and blessing rather than grief for the Spirit and for us as well. Guide us into that which is pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.